You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, let us say hello once again to the man who wears many hats, including the one on his head. But this Friday, he'll be once again rocking the promoter hat just outside of Orlando, Florida, not far from where the UFC event will be taking place the following day. It is Icon FC6, loaded card, happy to be joined just days away from the event by the BMF champion, Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. Jorge, how are you, sir? Good, my brother. Just chilling. Just uh, finished practice. Headed home right now. Chilling, man. Stuck in traffic. Oh, yes. I a Big city traffic. But first off, I, I think this is a brilliant idea to have this card when it's happening and where it's happening. Was this sort of always the plan? Hey, the UFC is coming to Orlando. Let's give the fans who are going to be traveling or going to this card a little bit of an appetizer. Let's make a full weekend of fights out of this for the fans. Definitely, you know, um, the UFC wanted a date in, in December from us, from Icon, and uh, it just made perfect sense. You know, there was actually not a lot of venues available on other weekends and such. It just came to be that uh, stars lined up and, and the Friday before the UFC was available, it was affordable, and we were able to move right in on it. A lot of fun stuff on this card. And you told the folks a little ways back, hey, when this guy Bo Nickel is ready to make his pro MMA debut, watch out. And we see what has happened with him. And his Penn State college teammate, fellow national champion, Anthony Kassar, will be making his pro debut on this card. What can you tell us about Anthony from the MMA side of things? What can we expect from him on Friday night? He's a great athlete that doesn't get tired. Yes. You know, for heavyweight, there's not a, a lot of guys that are athletic like how he's and he has a gas tank to back it up, you know. So now as he starts to develop techniques and, and not all wrestlers are going to transfer over and have power, but there's, there's certain guys that the way they wrestle, you can tell like this guy would have a punch, this guy would have power because he can generate it. I think Anthony's going to be one of those guys that give him a year or two and he's going to start generating a lot of power, a lot of big shots and he can hurt guys. He'll catch guys off guard. He'll, he'll be thinking he's going for a takedown and he comes in with like flying knee or flying punch. He's that type of athlete, you know, mixing with his, his pedigree of wrestling. He has a great, great background. Do you feel like he's a guy that, hey, let's enjoy him while we have him here at Icon because he's only going to be here for a very short time. And then maybe not as quick as Bo, but a guy that could be in the UFC, like you said, a year or two, he it could all click and come together for him. Yeah, he, he can make strides, you know, because he can just make it real hard right now for guys just taking them down, not letting them up and, and make guys life help. So once he learns to put those hands together, combos together, and he gets it to the mat, it's going to be hard to get away from a guy like that. So I, I could just picture being a nightmare stylistically for a lot of individuals, you know. So that's another guy that they might try to fast track in the future. Um, but just, you know, I always say, like, let, let these guys come into their own, you know, just let them fight. Go out to fit it out. When they say, hey, I'm ready for the next level, hey, I'm ready. Bo had about, what, maybe two amateur fights, I think. So that, that is something that Bo did have going into those pro fights as well that he had done at amateur. Kassar wanted to go straight pro. So it, it's, it's good as well. You know, they both had their pros and cons. Save your body in a way he has all those wrestling matches, right? So he wants to get paid and start getting it on the professional record. But you're also going to be learning on the job. You know, that's, that's not the downside to it, but the reality to it, you know? A couple of other interesting names on the card. The main event, Jared Gooden had some experience in the UFC. And he's fighting Adriano Rodriguez, who is a get or get got kind of guy. I love watching that guy fight. And, and Jared loves to have a short night at the office himself. Fair to guess this one, probably not seeing the cards on Friday. 
See the last part? Fair to say this one's probably not seeing the judges' scorecards on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I got that one. Be easily fight of the night. I could easily see one of them stopping the other. You know, I could even see some submission exchanges, maybe. Who knows? Um, but I definitely feel that that one would be one of the better fights. That's why we booked them so high up at the top because we know they're going to deliver. We, we just have a feeling they're going to put in the type of fan that they want at Icon, the type of competition that we need at Icon. You know, we keep looking for the best fighters out there on the regional side, hitting them up against each other, and let's see what happens, you know, so who's ready for the next level. Another name who I know you were very impressed with when you were in Savannah not that long ago, Beksad Usmanov, 27 years of age, opened up a ton of eyes at Icon FC5, well-coached, very talented guy. I know you were super impressed with him during his win on the last card. How excited are you to see him back in the fold? And he's taking on a, a pretty tough guy, contender series vet, a guy who holds a, actually a, a kickboxing win over Giga Chikadze and Anvar Boy Nazarov. And it's uh, it's bad news. We just Usmanov is still on the card, right? But you know, welcome to Monday, a fight week, like always. You know, we just lost somebody, man, and it's Usmanov's opponent. He he uh he has staff, and it's not good. There's an infection right now, and uh, he's got a doctor, so he just can't make it. You know, so it it sucks because wow. I could talk about that fight for like 20 minutes, you know, because Usmanov obviously can grapple offensively, defensively, but he, he has it in him that he likes to stand. And this kickboxer guy that we we're bringing in is like a banger, man. It was just going to, that was my like pick of the night type. You know, me and Dean took a long time matching Usmanov off because he really impressed us on, on his first fight. We had a stand up from American top team, Saul Guerrero, which is a stud. He's going to be, he's going to be making waves pretty soon, you know. So we, we, we couldn't get nobody to fight him. Usmanov stepped off like six, seven days notice. We're like, man, let's see how this goes, you know? Thinking that, uh that you know, the guy from ATT was going to just dominate. And wow, it was one of the best fights we ever had at Icon. And I knew then, like, this guy, Usmanov, is a dog. He took this in like six days notice. This guy's well-rounded. We were trying to do the thing right for him. And now set up a, a cool training camp, this and that. And now this happens. So now we're scrambling, reaching out to promoters, managers. Maybe this interview right here helps us uh, finalize somebody for Usmanov. Just found out today that his opponent will no longer be. Oh, man. Stinks. It stinks to hear. Hopefully we find somebody for him. A fight that just got added less than a week ago, I saw on the Icon Instagram page. I had to look at the post a couple of times to actually see if it was real. Steven Seiler versus Micah Miller going down on this card. This is freaking wild, man. How did this happen? How did this happen? Um, Mike is a longtime friend, longtime teammate. He's been asking me to, to get on the card and fight. And I was like, this is what I do for a living, brother. You know, um, Mike has had some injuries to kept him on sideline for a bit. <laughs> but he's worked through them. He feels a lot better. We had a conversation about four months ago that he was like, hey, man, I, I think I, uh, I'm ready to compete. So when we talked about maybe five, six weeks ago as uh, we were going through the field to see what would be a good uh, – fight for him and this is a fight that he chose that his camp chose and man I mean talk about like a quote classic for, for like a lot of ultimate fighter enthusiasts you know this was an ultimate fighter already so it's a rematch so it's uh it's gonna be interesting yeah I love I love that fight that's it's super fascinating very solid lineup UFC fight pass the great TJ DeSantis Pearl Gonzalez on the call and 
who the hell knows who's going to show up on this car with the UFC right down the road. But uh, let's talk about you for a few moments, if we could, because your name, Jorge, just keeps coming up. Gilbert Burns, a guy you told me a few months back in Savannah. We're in the middle of the freaking street. You say, hey, let me take care of what I need to take care of with the legal stuff. And then I would be happy to fight this guy. And he kept saying that he accepted fight offers with you. And you responded with the video not long ago saying, essentially, let's fight on the UK card when they run back Edwards versus Usman. Now he's fighting Neil Magny in Brazil in January. So from your end, this fight was never offered to you? No, from this fight, from my end, this, this fight was offered, but never like officially. And I always just shut it down because I couldn't fight. When they, the date said they wanted to, I never beat or never said anything about it fight anybody in November or December and I said if I'm ready maybe I can go January if everything is right well I wasn't ready I told them that in like mid-November I don't know when they decided to tell Gilbert that hey he's not taking on the January fight this guy loses his shit like I ever promised him a, a dance the only dance I promised was on March or April whenever it is that Leon fights that's when I told these guys I'll be ready by then I could for a fact go in March or April so let's go I put the word out there tell Michael Hunter and he freaking, guess what? Sends on the contract to Gilbert. He says, no, I don't want to fight. I want to fight in Brazil. So go fight in Brazil, man. Just keep my name out of your mouth, bro. Every time he said, mentions my name, he gets a couple thousand followers. So I guess that's that's the gimmick he's doing, you know? If he wants to fight, we'll fight in March. We'll fight in April. We'll fight in London. That's it. I don't really, like, entertain these idiots, man. They could all go fucking fuck themselves, man. I'm here for me. When I'm healthy and ready, whoever it is, hopefully it's the top five guy. If all these guys got excuses and none of them want to go, then whatever. I go to the next guy after that. But I'm hoping it's Gilbert, man. He's been running his fucking mouth for a lot, and he has a nice little number next to his fucking name right now, so I wouldn't mind snatching that up. We mentioned Leon Edwards. He's, he spoke with the Breakfast Club in New York recently. He responded to you and I's last chat, and he basically said, like, look, I'm not over the whole thing that happened in 2019. I'm not over the three-piece of the soda. We'll settle it in the streets, so we'll settle it in the octagon. So your thoughts on his comments. Do you feel at this point that this fight is going to happen at some point, title or no title? For starters, when he says things like that, like, he's just trying to, like, I don't know, advocate to the coach or something. Like, no, man, you're not that dude. We already did that, right? Talk nonsense about me for weeks on end on Twitter, talking shit, this and that. Then when I pulled up and you've been doing all that nonsense talking, you weren't ready to go. Don't don't nobody care what you were doing in the streets or not, because everybody knows he's gonna be a deer in headlights again. So if I if I was just tearing mine out at the gas station, you know, I might have to pull over and ask him some questions, you know. So that that street talk is just for him to appeal. To the street and things like that because he's a dork and he's trying to do things like that. But I want to fight him in the cage. He's got a belt wrapped around his waist, so I want to go get these W's and fight him, and then and then take care of the rest and the, and the things that I got to do before I'm done with my career. So if I get my hands on Neon while he's got that belt on, be sweet as to be. When you say that you have these things left to do in your career, do do you have like a timeline on that, or are you just playing it by ear yeah. at this point? Uh, Street timeline I got. I got band-aids, I got goals, I got all types of things, you know, so I got I to gotta stay on track. That's number you know, one, two, and three, you know. I got I got a certain amount of years that I think, you know, analyzing, going to the gym, working out with the next generation of guys, the next guys that are going to be champions. 
I mean, we got a diamond dozen American top team standouts from UFC, from Bellator, from all different types of organizations. I get to work out with these guys, and that's really how I judge my my future. Like, man, I I can't do half practice no more. I'm out of breath. Um, I'm getting tagged up too much. I'm getting out of wrestle too much. Maybe it's time for me to hang up the gloves. I had a good, you know, fruitful career, whatever. Or, you know. Just like today, I just finished like a 2-hour 15 Monday morning wrestling practice brought to you by Steve Mako. Bunch of All-Americans in the room. Bunch of dudes from all over the world. Dagestan, Chechnya coming in to wrestle with us, you know, and it's it's uh it's always like a good room for wrestling, you know. I'm holding my own, man. I'm doing my two-hour practices. I'm fucking, I'm in there, you know. I'm kicking ass. I'm getting takedowns. I'm going with good guys. You know, I'm not the best wrestler on the mat because everybody knows I'm fucking on it, you know. Then when I go do my stand-up, my striking, it still comes easy to me. I don't have to, you know, work that hard in my stand-up to land my shots, get my fakes going. So I feel like I, I, I have a good two, three years in this sport where I can compete. But not, not compete and fight like those, I don't know, like those Jake Paul guys or like those dudes that at the end of the run of their career that they fought for a while. I want to fight like the world's best. Keep doing what I've been doing my whole career. Just fight either the biggest fights possible or the toughest fights possible. That's really it, you know. That's what I signed up for when I was 18. That's what I'm still doing, you know, fighting the best of the best. After a tough fight with Dustin Poirier, a name I didn't expect to hear your name come out of his mouth was Michael Chandler does some interviews, including with my colleague, Ariel Hawani on the MA hour. He believes a fight between you and him for the BMF title would be a fan's delight. And he feels it's pretty much a conversation between you and him for who the BMF is. Do you agree with that? And, and what did you make of this sort of challenge for Michael I, Chandler? Michael Chandler is like a quitter, man. That, that's like the first thing to be in the BMF. I saw when he fought my boy, Will Brooks. Will Brooks hit him so hard, this motherfucker just quit. He just quit in the middle of the thing. He, he turned his back, shook his head. He said, no, no, I'm done fighting. So BMF my ass. Like that, that's the first rule of being a BMF in anything. Like you can't be a quitter. You might lose here and there, but you can't ever give up on yourself. You can't quit. So that conversation of BMF belt is is like not happening. Come on, come on, Chandler. I know you don't have like a good perception of the world and stuff, but that that's not happening. Another thing, he doesn't get me closer to fifty five, right? He doesn't get me on. Any, I mean, to to one seventy pound rankings or belt. You know, if if I if he comes up to the weight class. And I hit him with a jab, and he turns into dust. He disintegrates, right? Like one of them old statues that disintegrates into dust. You know what people are going to do and say? They say, yeah, you're supposed to. You know, but let it be like a little bit of a fighter or anything like that. You know, I don't see no risk to reward. Like me killing this guy doesn't do anything really for my career and, and stuff like that. So I'm like, I, I really don't care about it. He's not, he's not a pay-per-view seller either. So I'm not, you know... For that fight right now, I won't, I'm not saying I won't entertain it in the future or in between, like, me fighting ranked guys at my weight, I could entertain that fight. But to actually say, like, a whole event for it or, or like, whatever he's plotting in his head, nah, probably not, bro. He ain't fight. You know who's a BMF? Dustin, but I ain't gonna fight Dustin because this is my boy. Dustin never quits. Dustin fucking gives it all he's got to take motherfuckers out. Took Chandler's best and said, what? You know, so um, that's a BMF. There's a lot of BMFs in the sport. I ain't the only one or Dustin, but um, Chandler, you, you can't be quite in fights. You can't be quite in the middle of a fight. <laughs> Automatically disqualified. Sorry, Chandler. Would you, would you ever put that belt up against anybody? Like if Leon said, look, look, Jorge, I'm in. Like Usman's on the side, I'm in. Would you ever put that belt on the line? 
I put that belt up numerous times, you know. Just got it. There's one belt that I gotta get out there, and then uh, with this belt, whatever I got up because I love to compete. I love to gamble. But the gamble on myself is always happening. I'm keeping. Couple last quick things. Uh, on Friday, your ATT teammate Kayla Harrison suffered her first pro loss, and very few fighters in the sport win every single fight. And Kayla now has the first loss on her record. I mean, you've been around her. I'm sure you've done many of Maka Monday with Kayla in the room. You know how much of a competitor she is. H- how did you react to that? H- how do you see yeah, her bouncing Kayla back very- from this? Um, you know, big part of me stunned. Big part of me like, man. You, this is the third time you fight the girl. You know, it wasn't like no upset to her. She really beat her twice, very convincingly. You know, so I don't want to take anything from this girl away. Um, obviously, Pacheco's a stud, you know, came out to win fucking and, and to beat somebody that's beating you twice. You have to deal with a lot of mental adversity and stuff like that. But as far as like Kayla, the upside, like, I don't know, you know, her beating her third time maybe wasn't as motivating. Uh, obviously, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them fight again, but I still, Still walk away thinking Kayla's the better fighter. It just wasn't her night. She just wasn't, you know, as honest as she probably needed to be. Though it's still, like, debatable. She won because she was on top. She was controlling. She wasn't doing damage and stuff like that. But other referees would have just gave it to her just for being on top, you know? Going into that fifth round, I would say they were neck and neck, right? Two, two for two. Is that, like, the common opinion? The, the common? I thought it was 2-2 two, two heading into the fifth, yeah. I thought it was tied. And, and you know, obviously I'm biased. Right, because she's my teammate, good friend, and I've known her since the start of, of, of her career in MMA. Um, I think you know, some could say she won that round. She took her down, she was on top of the last two rounds, and you know, she she wasn't landing shots, you know. Maybe that could have helped a little bit more to sway the judges had she thrown some bombs and connected. But I still think it was a great fight, it was a close fight, and I want to see her involved in like the biggest fights already. That that's another thing. I don't want to diss Pacheco because she's a beast. She's a stud and she's a dog. She's mean as can be. But I, I do want to see Kayla, you know, and, and obviously she's coming out lost. But I don't really think it hurts her getting a fight with, like, you know, the the, the big girls in, in the sport, you know. Kayla Harrison versus Brazil's finest um, for that Bellator strap or something like that. That'd be freaking sick, you know. I, I just want to see Kayla involved in big fights with really. And as far as Icon FC goes, you've had a very busy year. You guys have done very well. You're doing shows all the time. What's sort of the, I know you're focused on Friday and you lost a fight already and you're the promoter had, it could be a, a great one, kind of painful at times, but what's sort of the plan for 2023? What do you got? What are the goals for, uh, for Icon in 2023? Oh, less from where we're at right now, we're going to finish it off at six shows this year. We want it to be around six to 10, um, Logistically, some things happen, you know, date fulfillments, things like that. It's just, it could be a tricky game. But my honest goal for next year is to put anywhere from 18 to like 22 shows together. That's what we're trying to work for really, really hard. Me and Dean got a good thing going on, you know. And I, I, I think we can do it. We can make these shows happen. We've learned a lot in the last six, seven months. I think, uh, all goes right we'll have about 22 shows the country's best the world's best at that level find each other you know just finding out who's going to go where next you know and i just want to keep putting on fights keeping keep giving guys that avenue to come fight for my promotion and then go do your thing you know go fucking go make as much money as possible as you can um we're not always going to be a regional promotion so if, we, if you talk to me three 
three to five years from now, conversation be a little different, right? It'd be, it'd be very different. Um, but obviously, as, as the money starts to come in, I can pay the guys more than I can hold them. And be like, hey, come fight for me three, four times, blah, blah, blah. But for now, it's just like I'm using my name to springboard these guys and get them the biggest fights possible. Faster, quicker, you know, get them into these big shows. And it's, I see what's happening. You sent five guys off to the UFC. People want to come fight for us, you know? They'll see this interview and they'll go look it up and they go, whoa, this guy's not lying. You already did send five guys to the UFC. Boom, somebody else just applied, you know? And, and, and in that, having that much talent wanting to fight for us and put on these good fights, wave it off. Really hand select what matches we think are going to be the best. And been in the game for a while, you know, so I sit there with, with my matchmaker and it's just, it's like a fun time because it's what I do all day, you know? I just went to American Top and I was there two hours and change, come back, you know, and uh, eat, recover, and then I go back to the gym at night. So my life is fighting. So matchmaking is just part of the day, part of the routine. I could do this with my eyes closed to a certain extent, you know? Well, the journey continues, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday night. Don't miss Jorge Mazadal's Icon FC6. It's going down at the Silver Spurs Arena just outside of Orlando. If you can't make it to the event, you can watch it live on UFC Fight Pass. going to be a fun one. Jorge, appreciate the time as always. All the best to you this week and to the rest of the team. Looking forward to watching the card on Friday, my man. Thank you, my brother. Always a pleasure. Keep up the great work, brother. I'll see you over there, man. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.